Mike Myers has got a brand new nose. Kevin Smith gets a brand new edit. And Guy Ritchie has his best movie to date. We'll see this week on 30-20-10. Welcome everybody to 30-20-10, the internet's leading pop culture time machine each week, taking you 30, 20, and 10 years ago back in time to see what came out in movies, TV, news, video games, music of that week. This week we will be talking about August 24th to the 30th uh, in 1988, 1998, and 2008. Where were you? We're going to update you just in case you forgot because that tends to be what these new releases do. They tend to put you in a specific spot in time uh, and get ready for all of the emotions, children. Um, especially for you people not born in 1988. You're going to feel it even harder this week. I think judging quality-wise, this is one of the worst weeks we've ever had to talk about stuff with some really good redeeming stuff and I dove deep to find you something really silly uh, that I think you guys are really going to like. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with me? Convicted murderer, or am I, Diana Goodman. <laughs> they made a movie about that? <laughs> they made a movie. They've made a couple movies about all the times I've maybe killed people. <laughs> or did I? <laughs> it's me, Sarah, and it's my birthday week, y'all. Uh, Yay! Happy birthday! Thanks! So Thanks Sarah, for all the shitty movies you gave me, guys. Hollywood. <laughs> just about the only thing right with the world in 1988 uh, is that Nightmare on Elm Street 4 is number one at the box office. Good. It's better than people give it credit for, but we're going to talk about everything else right now. Just to wade you into 1988, just a little bit. August 24th to the 30th. A little bit of news that I'm going to make Diana pronounce. Because I don't want to pronounce French airports. Really? That's like the easiest (laughs) one, except for Orly. Orly is the easiest one. It's the word before that. you can also say it, Orly, and be an owl. Okay, so a saga begins. August 26, 1988, Mehran Nasseri lands in Charles de Gaulle Airport from Iran. He is denied a visa, and he says, fuck you, I'm staying in this airport till you let me out. This is Tom Hanks. Fight the power. Well, if Tom Hanks were uh, a schlubby Iranian dude... But is this the same story? ...might have ended up having mental problems. Just Yes, this is the basis of the story, The Terminal. Okay. This guy lived in Charles de Gaulle Airport for 18 years. How was that allowed to yeah, keep on going? Insane. I forget that just, well, like, the movie makes a shitty just, justification he, for it. Yeah, well, basically, he, he didn't have a visa, so he couldn't leave... But he said, like, I think he had he had an Iranian passport and I think he also had like a, a EU passport or something. Or he was saying that, like, he was born in France and he should have a French passport and he was mad that he got denied a visa. And so when you're when you're denied your visa uh, and you're not allowed into the country, you're just supposed to go back to where you came from. But he's like, no, fuck Iran. I don't want to go to Iran. I'm going to stay here and protest. Jesus. Wow. For 18 years. Where did he sleep? years. He slept in the terminal. Oh, God. And he ate in the terminal, and he did sort of odd jobs for money, and people would give him money. Because, I mean, after a year or two, he becomes kind of a celebrity. So he, he ate $13 buffalo chicken wraps for the, for the next 18 years. He ate at a Chili's, too, for his entire life. Yeah. It's the, terrible. You know that the is, French love Chili's, too. It is a literal nightmare. <laughs> like, I, if they're like, your wait's going to be four hours, I'm starting to look up hotels. Like, I am a huge baby. So this if, if, is if, a nightmare to me. If you listen to the laser time we did about my Japan trip, that, yeah, like, our, my flight got canceled. And it was the last flight out of Narita. Yeah, I didn't. They wouldn't give us our passports back, so we could not leave the airport. 
But mm-hmm. there was nothing to do for over 24 hours, so we just had to stay there. We were locked inside of the airport that night. We were locked inside, like, glass cages and given, like, refugee food and cots. It was crazy. Yeah, it's like maybe they'll give you a couple of sprites off the drink cart. But, I mean, this is back – you don't have cell phones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not like you can just dick around online. Oh. Uh, you got to go read the terrible magazines and the terrible books that they have at the airport. You got to read a Daniel Steele. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know how good his French was when he landed. So mm. that adds to the problems. And who do you talk to? What do you do? Everyone you see is going somewhere and you're here. How do you say Freddy Krueger 4 is this... <laughs> This is book in store. No, okay. That's me wading into the movies because that's number one at the box office. All's right with the world as far as I'm concerned there. And I, I'm going to go in the order Diana listed these. And, but I just, just think it's bizarre. We usually list them in order of importance, but I can't tell by any of these movies. And I did. Why did I, Why have I seen Stealing Home like three times? Don't know. Yeah. I, and I'm sorry because it I feel it, it's, it's like synonymous with like my family renting a beach house and this being on all fucking day on one channel, like stealing home. I've, why have I seen Jodie Foster, Mark Harmon, uh, Blair Brown, and Harold Ramis in Stealing Home? I could tell her anything. Lost my virginity. How is it? It's great. Yeah? I don't know. Never done it before, actually. Oh. She was always on our side. She's a goddess. Go ahead, Alan. Make your move. She wants you. Really? Yeah. I'm a woman. I know these things. That summer, Appleby discovered lust. This definitely makes my summer. Then this should make your whole year. And I discovered <laughs> love. <laughs> More <laughs> saxophone, please. I love the saxophone coming in, letting you know sexy time is here. Yeah. So it's a coming-of-age movie with Mark Harmon reminiscing about uh, his manic pixie dream adult Jodie Foster that he knew when he <laughs> who, was a kid. Who was a just was a knockout here? Like Jesus yeah, Christ! Yeah, but you know, she. I don't like her in roles when she is supposed to act with emotion like a human. I prefer. Okay, you're like, so you only like Nell because she's not good at it. I <laughs> feel Jody like Foster. What? She's great, oh, like in uh, Silence of the Lambs or Contact, where she's like an analytical Flight scientist plan? type. Yeah, <laughs> but like when she has to Anic be like room? romantic and flirty and hmm. you know seduction seduct. <laughs> I'm a seducist. <laughs> I'm Jodie Foster. I'm seducist. I'm here, I'm here to seduce you. Yeah, it just doesn't work for me. I don't like it. It feels so wooden and weird well now oh god no, things are gonna get even weirder by the end of the year when we get to her oscar-winning performance that is oh god i i really don't want to talk about the accused but we're gonna talk about the oh, accused. she won an oscar for that oh yeah what a horrible oh. oscar jesus christ okay oh, this Ooh, movie stealing home was so poorly received that did you read roger ebert's review no. of it he said no he said, I detested Stealing Home so much from beginning to end that I left the screening wondering if any movie could possibly be that bad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I See, pulled I, I that got... from the wiki, so I don't know, but that sounds about right. That's how I felt watching I guess it. I, I file it in next to like Loverboy and Savannah Smiles as movies that came over over-the-air television yeah. on the 1.5 channels you get at the beach 
on the Gulf of Mexico. Sure. I, I, I've seen it so many times, and I don't remember anything about it. Can I give you one more fact about Please. it? Please. The beach house where a lot of the movie like takes place, sort of, is the same beach house that's used in the shrinkage episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> he was in the play. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yes. Appar- alleg- <laughs> allegedly, that's what I read. I was in the pool. <laughs> that's Jodie Foster saying that. <laughs> sure. Anyway, uh, also out this week, you'll love this movie. It has Tom Berenger uh, and Deborah Winger and John Hurt betrayed... This, okay, this TV commercial, hold on, this TV commercial, like, people complain about, oh, the trailer tells you the whole movie. This TV commercial, (laughs) in under 30 seconds, does this so badly, I, like, want to punch somebody. Katie Weaver was sent undercover to investigate a series of bizarre racial murders. She fell in love with a suspect, believing him innocent. Then she discovered the horrible truth. How many others do you think they're going to kill? And how dirty do you think you feel if you didn't do anything about it? Betrayed. Rated R. Opens Friday. Give it to him, Mr. McAllister. Wow. Uh, what? Thanks. Thanks, movie. I don't have to see it now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Betrayed, because there's so many movies this week. Jesus. Here when the terror, Diana, you're a Chuck Norris fan. Um, sure. what, what's Hero and Terror about it where the trailer give us some idea? I bet oh, Chuck's the fighting against the odds. Chuck's fighting against the odds. I'm putting my money on that one. Three years ago, Dan O'Brien met a cop's worst enemy. Fear. She's beautiful. He thought the past was behind him. He could still be a good cop. He thought the terror was dead. Something's wrong, what is it? The nightmare's back. There's nothing wrong with being afraid, O'Brien. You came up against a monster. Three years ago, Simon Moon slaughtered 22 women, but 12 more were killed by copycats. Them all and this girl's exactly the same as Simon Moon's. Simon Moon is supposed to be dead, so. Nothing so evil could die so easily. What the oh my <laughs> god that little tiny s- scene of like a heating grate opening up with a finger sticking out mm-hmm. i will be dreaming about that later thank you chuck norris it, that's terrifying it feels like we haven't had a golden Glo- good old golden globus canon film in a long time <laughs> no but and i feel like this one's a little bit different it starts out you're thinking oh yeah he's a cop that kicks the hell out of people and now they're gonna threaten his family and then it's like Oh, this is like a serial killer thriller? Yeah. It, hmm. it, it even oh. says under the only production note on Wikipedia, this is Chuck Norris' first major attempt to diversify his traditional martial arts acting roles. Hmm. So he, yeah, that one punch you see might be the only one you get in the whole movie. Oh, and that's a Chuck Norris movie. That's Chuck Norris movie part 12. <laughs> uh, um, up next, ooh, even better, Crossing Delancey. That sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, Just this is title. one of the only good movies this week. My mistake. I, I swear, on, there's another movie on here with Clue Gulliger in it, so I, I deny that. Oh, I can't wait till we get to that one. But Clue okay, let's talk about cl- Crossing Delancey. Okay. When an uptown girl, she's great, she's funny, honest, direct, gets fixed up with a downtown guy. He makes pickles. Pickles. Pickles, huh? He sells pickles. Pickles. You are joking. They both end up on the rocky road to romantic comedy. Amy Irving. It's a match. Nah, not so fast. Crossing the Lancy. I, I think I think I did see this. 
Uh, my dad had it's, a. It's a cute one. Yeah, it my, looks right my, up my alley. My dad had a Peter Riegert heart on uh, in the eighties. So I, yeah, pretty much anything he was in came into our house. Okay, thanks to local hero. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Peter Riegert. He's he's actually one of those guys, kind of a market quality. If he's in it, it's pretty good. Okay, good to know. Almost every time. <laughs> Almost every time. This, this is true. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, this is a cute. You know, I don't want to call it Woody Allen esque because it's not. It's a little more fun than that. Uh, director's not married comedy, to its daughter no it does not end up like that um, <laughs> but just because it's like about you know new new york people that are well they're very ethnic it's it's jew town all over the place baby love it's it. all about jews falling in love with other jews and they like pickles and they have grandmothers that are trying to set them up and giving them all <laughs> kinds of knockers and yeah i'm gonna guess those are kosher pickles then I, I have to assume so. Otherwise, I can't imagine the kosher Regert would make unkosher pickles like sweet pickles, which are the devil. Ugh, disgusting. <laughs> Agreed. Okay, I think we're all in agreement on that. Uh, tell us what you think. Your favorite pickles in the comments underneath thirty twenty ten. Uh, and pickles th- are the worst. And then people put them in tuna fish too. It's like ah, oh, I can't even pick them out. Ew, gross. Wow, George Kennedy in a real movie? Oh, this is not a real movie. No, this not. is an amazing find. Uh, more, t- more bad movie fans need to know about The Uninvited. Should we play and, the trailer first? And the trailer will tell you immediately why. They say cats have nine lives. <laughs> you have only one. A poisonous cat. Now, how is that possible? You're going to be richer than your wildest dreams. Damn it, Diana! Where was this movie when we talked oh, Gremlins my. ripoffs on Laser Time? Uh, so, would you like to explain to, to the nice people what you just saw? Uh, that was a gremlin crawling out of the mouth of a very convincing cat. Yeah, uh, it was like it was like a gremlin coming out of the mouth of a cat, and then the next scene was just this cat walking down the hallway, being shit. a regular cat. Holy shit, that looks amazing. <laughs> wow. Oh, and it's then great. apparently the cat lashed that guy's jugular because it was yeah. just blood was just coming out. It was pulsating everywhere. It, uh, holy shit, I have to text that was Kevin crazy. right now. So yeah. most most of this movie, they're also they're on a boat too. They're they're trapped on a yacht with, with a, something's uh, killing them. They don't know what it is, and it turns out, well, yeah, it's this gremlin that comes out of this cat puppet. Yeah. We all know cats <laughs> love boats. It's true. <laughs> Find a boat, you'll find a cat. That's what I always say. It, the whole thing is one of those that just makes you hold your head and say, someone put money into killer cat puppet. But, but that's... And they're like, this my, this movie, oh yeah, this is my, the one I retire on. This is, I'm set for life after this comes out. Wow. Behind the scenes, folks, when we talk about bad movies, uh, Diana... It verbally rubs my head and tells me it's okay, Naked Gun's coming out this year. Um, and... and <laughs> And it's like, that's my introduction to George Kennedy, but I forget he's a very serious cornball actor who did pretty much a bunch of garbage. <laughs> and he's in this fucking cat cat killing movie. He did a lot of good movies. He did a lot of bad movies. You know, character actors. But but like Leslie Nielsen, like I never saw him anything that wasn't supposed to be funny after this. Like mm. I, I, I'm unfamiliar with anything he's ever done other than one or two airport movies. Ah, uh, uh, Cool Hand Luke, man. Cool Hand Luke. Oh, that's right. He's fucking gigantic in Cool Hand Luke. Yeah. He's the muscle. Yeah, he's a scary mofo. Yeah. Goddamn. All right. Now I'm confused. Next movie, and we're not even close to done. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Thin Blue Line. The 
had never really gone that long in Dallas without clearing the murder of a police officer. We'd had several killed, but we'd always cleared them pretty quick. However, we finally got the break that cleared it. The day they picked me up, and they took me upstairs, but they put me in a little room. He had a confession there he wanted me to sign. Said that I would sign it. He didn't give a damn what I said. I would sign this piece of paper he was getting. Shit, this is our first Errol Morris movie? I feel like we had Fast Jeep and Out of Control. Okay, yes, I believe we did. But that's not one I'm as well acquainted with, mm-hmm. and I don't know if any of you guys have seen it. I think we blew past it kind of hard. But this one, because it's such a big one, mm-hmm. I'm happy to sit and talk about because this is a hell of a movie. I, I, I'm at a loss right now. you got to tell me what what's going on with Thin Blue Line. But Vern, oh, Vernon, Florida, I've seen <laughs> several times. Uh, I, love, I love my Errol Morris. Uh, great documentarian, but mm-hmm. is this his break? Yep. Is this his breakthrough film? I feel like this was well. It was definitely a huge hit for mm-hmm. him, and it got him a ton more attention compared to something like Gates of Heaven. Or, I mean, every Errol Morris movie is worth watching because mm-hmm. um, he's he's a documentarian who does things in a very different way, and he's really good at getting people relaxed and talking, mm. and sometimes gets them to say things that you know they probably didn't mean to say or ah, they don't the, realize how it's going to be taken the sasha baron of cohen course, of his time <laughs> and of course this has this incredible music by philip glass that you could hear there but mm-hmm. uh this is a story about a guy who was convicted of killing a cop and the evidence was just so she it was just terrible it was everything about it was like well he could have but and but the evidence is just like a spilled milkshake is like the basis of half the evidence. Wow. Mm. And uh, so he, yeah, he ended up getting his, his sentence overturned. As the result of the film? Based on this movie. But wow. I mean, the thing Errol Morris is really good at is not, he has a lot of talking heads, but he also will have artsy dramatic reenactments and stuff. And yes. so you, you, you feel like you're there more mm-hmm. uh, and you, you really feel like you get to know everybody. Yeah, this is a good one. And as always, I have to mention documentary now because their box set just came out. <laughs> And their parody of this is so good. They do. Oh, that's great. I, yeah. I don't know. My, I my, my dad now. raised me on a healthy diet of documentaries. And mm-hmm. he is a, he, it's like the most recent show he's ever been obsessed with. And I <laughs> love documentary now. Oh, my God. But I haven't yeah. seen this. I mean, I, I am actually pretty ashamed by the movies from this week that I have seen. Same here. Ooh. I picked the wrong ones, obviously, throughout <laughs> my life. As a shitty eight-year-old. What, yeah. was I, what was I thinking? Why was I not watching this documentary? Oh, uh, and I should know more about this. <laughs> Consider, we've talked about this on many a laser time. Kit down, kitty. Sleep? Are you sure she's not an uninvited kitty? No, it's, I, she sadly was invited, but she's farting up a storm and tearing <laughs> down the soundproofing. Kitty, no! <laughs> um, <laughs> Sleepaway Camp 2, Unhappy Campers, uh, is out this week. Fuck me. There used to be this camp about 60 miles from here. Camp Arawak. All these kids started getting killed. Well, it ended up that the killer was the shy 14-year-old girl that everybody picked on. Except she wasn't... Baby, you're supposed to be in the cabin. Let's go. Wait, what happened to the killer? Yeah, what happened to the killer? Hmm. (laughs) She came back as Bruce Springsteen's sister! (laughs) Uh, That is one of the most disturbing endings I've ever seen in my life. And Hmm. it's one of the most problematic films... (laughs) Uh, I don't think so. I, I don't know. Trust pretty... me, we we got we we I've gotten an earful about like as I don't. It's not like a fantastic movie. It was just very effective when you yeah. were a kid. Um, and and I I remember renting this movie 
during like one of those slumber parties where parents are like, who gives a shit? There's a bunch of kids over. He'll be fine. Um, thinking this would be just like a panty and titty comedy. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It's like a very, Sleepaway mm-hmm. Camp's a very serious <laughs> slasher film. And it ends, the ending, it, it is revealed that this little girl the whole time has been a boy. And you find out because this 14-year-old girl is now naked with a swinging dick. But it's actually a male actor with a fi- with a mask of this little girl with her mouth wide open. No, oh, it's completely terrifying. nude. It's one oh of the most shocking God. images of an ending of a film I've ever seen. Okay, I'm gonna hard pass on that one. Um, but I'm guessing she's back. And then man- many years later, now uh, they've decided, eh, we could do another one. This one's got more tits in it. Um, and it's about, uh, I guess it's supposed to be Angela is back under a new name. She's mm-hmm. played by Bruce Springsteen's sister, Pamela. Uh, <laughs> Renee Estevez is in there. Guess who she's related to? Mm-hmm. And, Martin Sheen? <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, now she's like super into camp and is going to drive everyone crazy with wanting to sing songs and oh make my God. things. And we're going to make wallets and toast marshmallows. And if you're not into it, you die. <laughs> <laughs> And, and rewatching Sweep, Sleepaway Camp recently, I want just want to go on record saying it it inspired a surprising amount of Wet Hot American Summer, in my opinion. Oh, okay. The interactions yeah. with the campers, the the cook character that I can get. I behind. believe those come from Sleepaway Camp. Um, anyway, Jesus Christ, is it is that another fart smell? <laughs> Kiki's really tearing it up, man. She, she is. Something's happening. Yeah. Oh, speaking of animal farts. Now, speaking of animal farts, and I do love this, there is a, a contingent of people, not us, mm-hmm. on the internet, mm-hmm. who confuse the annoying voice comedians of the 1980s. It's so true. Uh, they confuse <laughs> Bobcat Goldthwait with Gilbert Godfrey, yep. and you might mm-hmm. understand why once you realize they are collected like Pokemon in this movie together, <laughs> finally, and in the only time. That is uh, Virginia Madsen, the voice of John Candy, the great Dabney Coleman wearing a fantastic set of false teeth, and Bobcat Goldthwait in Hot to Trot. Fred and Don speak the same language. I'm going to move in with you. They share the same apartment. And they both act like animals. There's a horse in here. Bob Goldthwait, Dabney Coleman, and Don. I speak human, giraffe, whale. I'm back in sperm. Hot to trot. Rated PG. Starts Friday, August 26th. I, I fucking love this movie. <laughs> of course you I do, love... because you're a dumb kid. Yes. <laughs> I want few things more than I want an original poster of this film. Bobcat Goldthwait uh. sitting in his office with some awesomely 80s font uh, with a horse behind him. Voiced by John Candy. Love it. Um, What's who, to hate? I believe he, he he said Mr. Ed was speaking on film because someone was a, shoving a carrot up his asshole. It's Ew. it's a pretty great. That's a bunch of gross shit in it. It's a perfect ribald kids movie. And wow, Bob Goldthwait. I cannot believe that's how he's credited. Mm-hmm. But it's it's kind of his only starring role in a, something he didn't write and direct for himself. Okay. Um, but Bobcat mm. Goldthwait mm. was an '80s staple. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Love that guy. Love his new show. If you haven't seen that, he made his own little. Com- more comedy focused Twilight Zone and uh, True TV right now. Just going to plug that Ooh. shit. Misfits and Monsters. But Hot to Trot, yeah, dude, I unabashedly fucking love this show. Um, I'm ashamed of it now because it's, it's really dumb and it's really hard to watch a whole movie with a character with that voice. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's but it's incredible that this even happened. But I, I rented this over and over and over again. I, I unabashedly love this film. Any, have you guys even seen it? No. 
But uh, I kind of I've seen enough. <laughs> Daphne Coleman's teeth are enough to just give me nightmares. And that's and oh, done. I one of the, one of the things I love even more than Bobcat Goldthwait is, is the '80s reign of Dabney Coleman. Just yeah. this like the most I unlikely star in the universe, and he, to make himself even more unappealing, he wears a giant set of buck teeth <laughs> throughout this entire film. It's wonderful. Yeah, I I don't understand why. I mean, every now and then there's like a joke about it, and it's like, wait, is it because it's like the horse and he's got horse teeth? Okay. But it's like, He's he's such a good, you know, grumpy corporate bad guy type in like every movie. So why why you got why you gotta gild the lily, man? <laughs> yeah, and I believe the the talking horse eventually ends up helping Bob Bobcat Goldthwait ascend the uh, ranks of oh, yeah, Wall Street do. or other businesses. But I right. I sort he of wish some... some sort of corporate tycoon <laughs> because he has a talking horse. <laughs> through yeah. horse racing that makes perfect sense. It's through horse racing, it makes sense. Um, because he, he's got a, he's got a character who can talk to the ponies, but uh. but I would I would I wish somebody would take the one froggy evening story of the character who can hear another character talk but nobody else can, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and just make him insane. Instead, he's successful. Things got should have gone better for the guy in one frog, froggy evening, I guess. Uh, I don't have a lot. To, I cannot believe how much I love this movie and how little I have to say about it. It's yeah. really hard to go to bat for because <laughs> it's you it, should it, not. It's quintessential really 80s bad. Hey, I defended Caddyshack too. I that's know. true. <laughs> and that's why I don't trust you when you defend things lately. <laughs> well, come on. All right. Um, we'll jump into TV. Just not a lot of TV at all this week. And the most, except for this one show, which I've never heard of, starring Brad Garrett. Yeah. Who you may have recently seen as Eeyore in, um, <laughs> in uh, the Christopher Robin movie, Banned from China. metaphorically as ER and every, or Eeyore yeah. as, as everything and else everything, I've seen And him. that's what's bizarre. He is the single recently divorced father mm-hmm. looking for work in this. And what, judging by the title, what do you think his job is? It's in the title. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the title. A comedian? Like an impressionist? There you go. Sarah, ding. <laughs> oh, man. Just that Brad Garrett, Emmy Award winning Brad Garrett has made a career kind of playing people with the same kind of voices. Yeah. With the exception of Ratatouille. I love him in Ratatouille. Yeah. I didn't even know that was him until the end. Uh, but he makes a career as an impressionist in this horribly captured promo from this very short-lived sitcom where he plays a impressionist trying to get work in commercials. But mm-hmm. can you imagine? Of all the people you think would be hired to do impressions in an 80s sitcom, I don't think I would have chosen Brad Garrett. No. Uh, but he does get one more gig, as you'll hear from this clip of him doing impressions. Saturday. All right, man, this is Hulk Hogan, man. Ouch. Well, I know, Pilgrim. Hey, little lady. Ah, yeah, he's giving me, son. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you, ooh, ooh, ooh. Nervous. Father and daughter on their own in a new comedy. First impressions, Saturday on CBS. Uh, you could hear wow. Bill Cosby, a very tasteful Ray Charles impression, uh, Rodney Dangerfield, but it, it started off with his impression of rising WWF superstar Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you grew up as I did watching the cartoon Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, he voiced Hulk Hogan oh, in wow. that show for two and a half years. He was the voice huh. of Hulk Hogan. Um. Yeah, that's. I wish. Yeah, that's it. That is it. If that trivia didn't didn't astound you, there's not a lot left to say about first impressions. <laughs> it didn't. It did not last much longer after this. And that is absolutely it for TV. Other than the 40th annual Emmys on August 28th. Has anybody taken a look at what won that year? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah, are, what um, one of our painful variety shows, Irving Berlin's 100th birthday celebration. Say, that seems familiar. Beat out Letterman and. Uh, <laughs> Tracy Ullman to take the uh, wow. be- outstanding variety music or comedy program. I am I'm happy to see Wonder Years 
uh, yeah, winning this year. Wonder Years, it was uh, this was the thing that saved it from cancellation. It had only been on like eight weeks, yeah. six or eight weeks. It barely started, and then it was like pulled, and it was went into reruns. And but the word of mouth was so huge on it because it's so freaking good. It's, it's really good. So good. And Cle- it managed to get best comedy, and that that I guess pushed him over the edge to bring it back. And clearly more expensive than the things it was up against, like yeah. Night Court and Golden Girls and Cheers and Frank's Place, huh? One of these things is yeah. not like the other. Yeah. But uh, but no, that, these we are had, all... we had Frank's Place. Uh, well, I guess Frank's Place went off the air. So this is its last chance. Yeah, but but these... that was like a single. A single camera. Yeah, these are all Mm -hmm. multi multi camera stage sitcoms with laugh tracks, and most importantly, no licensed music. Uh, Whereas Wonder Years Mm. was clearly costs a lot more. So it's it's there's a few cases like this throughout history where the Emmys will go to bat for something that like needs help. Mm -hmm. I think Arrested Development they tried to do the same thing, and it, it didn't work there. But it worked with Wonder Years. We got another. At least six, seven years on the Wonder Years. Yeah, it fin- it ended in '93, I believe, mm-hmm. and so. it, it definitely overstayed its welcome. Like, yeah. I, I, I definitely got a little tired. I of went it. and revisited it for another thing that we'll be talking about on another show, and yeah, it is just as good as you remember it. Yeah, and it's great, sure. and it's, it doesn't even live in my nostalgia, but it makes my parents' nostalgia part of my nostalgia. How weird yeah, is that? that is. How weird is that? Your nostalgia has incepted. <laughs> yeah. And then the last thing about this Emmys is this is the first time HBO and Showtime and cable networks oh! are part of the Emmys. Yeah. And HBO's first nominations, even though now it dominates everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, its first nominations were for Danny Glover and a Nelson Mandela TV movie and for a Jackie Mason special. All right. Who could forget? Um. <laughs> yeah, we're away from The Sopranos. But yeah. Not quite ten years. And, and sure. had they started the Cable Ace Award yet? Where like, I guess I guess HBO probably felt a little more at home and got all the noms yeah. for. Them. Yeah, they still. I think they had the Cable Ace Awards, and they, they're going to go away. Hmm. And uh, 30, 30 something also winning for best drama. Ooh, and you have, have you like hmm? looked at thirty something recently, dude? I have never no. seen an episode, but it was in the first issue of Mad Magazine I bought, and I read that issue over and over again, and that's all I know about thirty something. Okay, because <laughs> I went back and I, I remember my parents watching it when I was younger, and but that's I could only remember like images. So I was like, I'll go back and take a look at it. I made it through like maybe three episodes before I was like, this is the grossest eighties yuppie <laughs> bullshit I've ever seen in my life like these people yeah. are disgusting me right now and i mean that was probably i probably revisited it too like right around the time of the crash in like 2008 oh. and whatever and so i was feeling real bitter so, I'm, so I'm don't revisit it is what i'm saying in 88 uh, sarah was ro- <laughs> rooting for pbs's rumpole of the bailey oh you know i was Rumpole <laughs> of the bailey should have taken outstanding <laughs> drama that year uh michael yeah. j fox uh tyne daly b arthur jason robart jessica tandy all taking home acting us acting emmys that that year as well as ooh John Larroquet, Estelle Getty, uh, and a bunch of other people who are no longer with us. I'm guessing, uh, but that is that is television of 1988, and we got the no goddamn game. So that's all. That, let's, let's close it up with a little bit of the music. Music of 1988, August 24th to the 30th. Uh, we have some new releases: "Young Man Running" by Corey Hart, "So Good" by Micah Paris. Uh, Chameleon Days by Yanni, Other Roads by Boz Skaggs, <laughs> Sunshine on the Lathe by The Proclaimers, and, oh, uh, which will chart in 1993 after Benny and June makes oh, wow. 500 miles into a big-ass mm-hmm. hit. Jesus Christ. And and Injustice for All by Metallica? Yeah, yeah. That, that's out this week. Holy hmm. shit. Yeah. This is, these are actually some pretty busy weeks for music totally. compared to how terrible the movies are. Yeah. We have At least some doing big s- albums coming out in every decade. At least someone can do something. 
listen to some music, something. That's weird. Is 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 this a reference to the Al Pacino Norman Jewison movie? Because it's like it has the same ellipses in the yeah. front and everything. I'm perplexed uh, by that. I, it could, or for what the Pledge of Allegiance? I don't know what you're talking um, about. Never said it. Yeah. Always took a knee but, in kindergarten. You were ahead <laughs> of your time. It, it includes one, which is like the best song and the best video ever. So, oh, oh one, yes. So suck it. I will suck it okay. during the break. Um, speaking of which, a great way to take us out is Monkey by George Michael, which go. is number one this week. We'll let you hear a little bit of that as we head into 1998. Stay there, people. Everything is everything off of The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. The only Lauren Hill album as far as I'm concerned. Prove mm-hmm. me wrong. Did she make another one? Um, her MTV Unplugged is pretty good. Okay. Uh, I think maybe one more there. But man, what a decidedly different flavor than George Michael. But I do love that fucking <laughs> video, which turns New York into like spinning on a turntable. Yeah. I don't know why it, it looks like good. such a cool effect. Uh, but we also have new this release. This album mm. is so damn good. Oh, it really And is. it is an it album is. you should listen to in order. I do oh, not, yes, agreed. I do not appreciate the racial slur in her big hit from the album. Doo-wop? Come on. We're, we're past that, people. <laughs> Nobody calls us that. Not to our faces, not in the MTV Movie Awards. Take that. Well, it's harder to rhyme do guinea, so. <laughs> oh, damn. Do grease ball. <laughs> ah. um, white on white slurs are fun. Oh, that brings me back mm-hmm. to a time before I was born. Uh, but I was born August 24th to the 30th, 1998. That's where we are right now, people. That's why you're hearing Lauren Hill. Um, new releases. We have Back to Titanic, the Titanic score. I mean, must we? <laughs> Dude, I don't remember what it was, but I fell prey to this. A big-ass soundtrack where they made a sequel soundtrack. Yeah. And you end up buying the one you don't want because you just weren't paying that. Because I don't know what any of the songs are called. I just want the songs from the movie. And you end up buying the score, not knowing that means. I thought I was getting a Fuji's album. I'm tying this all in. Sure. Um, <laughs> Uh, Godsmack's self-titled debut is also out this week. I just, yeah, we're really, it's just like last week was like someone opened the, the Wonka doors to new metal. Yeah. And we're going to be getting it ever since. Now we're getting it hard. Um, Godsmack's self-titled debut is out this week. 40 Days and 40 Nights by Exhibit, back when he uh, made music and didn't fix cars. Uh, Hellbilly Deluxe, Rob Zombie's solo debut. And How Does Your Garden Grow by Better Than Ezra. This is my, also, This Is My Truth, uh, Tell Me Yours by Manic Street Preachers, XO by Elliot Smith, and Snow Patrol's debut. Oh, wow. Songs for Polar Pairs. Hmm. Yeah, really sticking yeah. to that snow theme, guys. Yeah. 
I didn't know they went that back far, that far back. Me neither, I didn't dude. either. I thought they were just birthed from a Grey's Anatomy promo. Yeah, I thought they were. I thought, I thought they were raised in the same lab as the Arctic Monkeys. Um, <laughs> uh, but you'll never guess what's still number one because that's going to be "Boy Is Mine." I think we're going to have to see the leaves change before we get rid of that song. Um, but we won't. We live in Florida. It's coming. Bye, it's coming. One day we will escape from its evil grip. We finally have a segment with the redeeming film. Stay tuned because hmm. we'll tell you about what that is. Uh, but Blade is justifiably number one. Uh, yeah. re- listen to last week's episode. You want to hear us uh, speak a little, uh, uh, sing a little praise to Blade because it's still a pretty fun movie, as dated as it is. Uh, but you can't say the same thing for Fifty Four. <laughs> no, you certainly cannot. <laughs> I remember reading about this forever. I was a giant Mike Myers fan, mm-hmm. a huge Mike mm-hmm. Myers fan. We'll never get to talk about it, but I was obsessed with Wayne's World. Saturday Night Live, and So I Married an Axe Murderer. Mm-hmm. I tried to comb my hair like Mike Myers. I tried to shop oh, from the same LLB catalog that he bought Aww. his shitty, stupid... Uh, for just, This is brief. Uh-huh. So I was following, like, what's the next movie you're going to be in? And it wasn't anything for a really long time. Yeah. And this, this movie was in, like, development hell, but he was somehow attached to 54, the story of Studio 54, a club none of you have heard of, none of us have really well. heard of. I knew yeah, about heard it. Of it. Yeah. We were never ever allowed to go in yeah. because we're right. not uh, famous and we're not on coke. Yes. I have a theory that I'm... this was in development hell and it got cleared because Boogie Nights made money. I think so too. Oh, I think yeah. so too. Uh, that and, makes sense. But it's like it's like if I made a it's Sarah. It's like if I made a movie called Club La Vila <laughs> and I stacked it with stars. <laughs> like who the fuck wants to see this shitty old place where old people party? Okay, but there is like a lot of. 54 is definitely different. Like, I knew what Studio 54 was when this movie came out. I'm just a Plato's like, Retreat guy. <laughs> just from, like, of reading Vanity Fair. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. just... Uh, exactly. We had Last Days of Disco a couple, what, a mm-hmm. month ago? Two yeah. months ago? Which they pushed That's really hard 54. to get out before this one came out. Mm-hmm. This is, like, yeah. one of those weird times where it was, like, two movies of the same thing came out. Impacto Profundo situation. Fuck, I hated this movie though. <laughs> I saw it just for Mike Myers and was very disappointed. Yeah, this sucks. Your fairy tale wish just came true. He was the mastermind behind the hottest club in history, Studio 54. The path of excess leads to the palace of wisdom. He was the newcomer. Empty it. Who uncovered a web of corruption. This is my. Just try and tangle with me. And she was the woman. Are you asking me to be your girlfriend? Caught in the middle. She couldn't tell one of you from the next. Don't forget how replaceable you are. Ryan Phillippe, Salma Hayek, with Nev Campbell and Mike Myers. 54, rated R, starts Friday everywhere. This cocaine-riddled nightclub is corrupt. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what, what a rube. <laughs> what a, they're supposed to be here all hey, up all night selling poison, and yes. this is corruption happening. I'm so upset. Mike Myers is definitely <laughs> the best part of this movie, that nobody and he's ha- not in it enough. That nobody has gifted him rolling around in money. Yeah, oh, um. my God, I know. There are This movie is very giffable, and I am disappointed by the lack of gifts I see in our zeitgeist. I, uh, prove me wrong. Is, Remind me, I'll try and do it. Isn't there a scene where he tries to make out with Ryan Phillippe and then, like, cries and begs? Yeah. Yeah, and I th- he throws up on... That's like the only part I remember. No, that's well, Philip Seymour Hoffman in Boogie Nights. <laughs> there's another part. It may be a different scene where he like tries to... I think he tries to like get Breckenmeyer... No, he tries to give Breckenmeyer a blowjob, and when Breckenmeyer <laughs> says no, he then barfs on his money in bed. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I'm remembering that right. I know the barfing happened. I don't care happened. if you're not. I, <laughs> that was just a great sentence. <laughs> Uh, it's not the last we'll see of Barf uh, in this in this segment. Um, oh my! So I feel like this is Mike Myers stabbing at uh, dramatic 
roles, you know? It's like, well, yes. I mean, come on, Jim Carrey can do it. I, I can do it, too. This is where my career goes now. I, I, I As a big Mike Myers fan, according to him, he didn't notice that he, other than Shrek, he didn't do anything he didn't write. Right, exactly. And, and he... he he made it a point, like, I'll take tiny roles and shit, but I'm not starring in someone else's garbage. Mm-hmm. I'd like to write my own films. Thank you very much. If you know about him behind the scenes in SNL, he was like this immaculate, really quick writer. I'm living proof that goes away eventually. <laughs> so, like, if you're waiting for yourself to finish something in order to get it done, maybe maybe change your flight plan. <laughs> I think he was eventually in a bad flight movie at some point. Mike Myers. Yes. Yes, he was. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't remember what it was called. We'll talk about it eventually. Okay. Uh, what order do we want to do these in? Uh, the next one? Um, now let's go to uh, Why Do Fools Fall in Love, which oh. I love. Oh, really? Why Do Fools yeah. Fall in this Love? Is, uh, this is a solid movie, and I don't know if it's maybe it, people just thought, oh, it's a black movie, because it's, it's like pretty much an all-black cast, because it's based on a true story about actual mm-hmm. black people, but it is really fun and really charming. Huh. Um, I just don't see movies that are named after songs. I found that suggests something creatively devoid. But- but for once, it makes sense because Why Do Fools Fall in Love is the big hit of Frankie Lyman, who is, this is the story about oh. him, and it's about how he was a thrigamist. Excuse what? me? Three yeah. women? Three. Or three different species. What does that mean? No. Okay. Three women. Yeah. Halle Berry, yes. Vivica Fox. That's Lila what that Rashawn. means. Mermaids. Which, um, I mean, if you, if you had a chance with any of them, yeah. take it. But with all three, you're the luckiest man alive. <laughs> Fair. That's totally yes. fair. Let's hear the trailer. Three women, one husband, millions of dollars at stake. Critics are giving Why Do Fools Fall in Love four stars. It's filled with great music, great acting, great fun, with superb performances from a brilliant cast. And you never told nobody that you love them? People say it all the time. It just comes back in empty words. Halle Berry, Vivica A. Fox, Lila Rashad, and Lorenz Tate. Why Do Fools Fall in Love? Ooh, so wow. there is a guide for a R&B singer to have more than three wives. I guess mm. not entrap them and lock them inside R. Kelly? Like, that's... Ugh. What? Yeah, don't that's put them in your of, sex like, watching, cult. Yeah. That's all I can think of watching yeah. this trailer. Not that hard. He set up no, little wife like franchises. No, it's like being a trucker with multiple families. You're on the road all the time. <laughs> yeah, a traveling salesman. Yes. Yeah, do it that way. Don't, don't the do classy it with, way. like, a cult compound. No wonder I'm having trouble meeting people. My job does not take me out of the studio. <laughs> Yeah, you, no, there's not a, a lot of women I mean, around spent, here. like the late '50s. There's lots of you know fun cars and costumes, and you know the whole cast. Everyone's so likable, and it's just fun. It's interesting. And they, 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 I really all, like it. All the wives know about one another. Or were they all in? No, they... they eventually start finding out. Ah, ah, and then and hijinks then the ensue. lawsuits start, and wackiness. There's another one of me in a different area code. <laughs> write a song about it um okay Ludacris will go on to write the song about that uh but the movie i did hmm. see over and over again mm-hmm. yeah. uh jason fleming dexter fletcher vinnie jones and jason statham lock sock and two smoking barrels four young fellas getting deeper than they could handle i am panicking owe me half a million pounds so i'm gonna give you one week to find it let me tell you about that you Aaron. If Harry don't kill you, then your father will. I've got a plan. How many are these fellas? We'll hit them as soon as they come back. We'll be prepared, waiting. We're on. Damn, this is like just wow. the fiery. De- is it the debut of Guy Ritchie as a film This director? is the debut yes. of Guy Ritchie. This is the debut of Jason Statham. Jason Statham. And and I really, yep. oh man, I really did love it. This Me this too. in the original Office 
UK series DVD are the only two DVDs I have from England that come with a dictionary in the in the sleeve. <laughs> I was going to say, this is one of the movies, the few movies that is in English that I need subtitles for. Yeah, it, it actually, I, I watched it three times and I, tr- I did it with the subtitles. Yeah. Because they have a breakdown of like Cockney and like, what's Ocean's Eleven makes a big joke about that with John, Don Cheadle that you mm. rhyme mm-hmm. certain shit afterward. Like it has mm-hmm. a special feature on the DVD to tell you that's what they're doing. I love that. Because otherwise the words don't make that much sense. I don't know, just like a, a clever, cute, small crime comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like we're we're definitely into it. With this I, I would lump this in at the post Tarantino movies. Right. Yes, I, 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 and I want to sub lump it in with this is one of the better ones. It is over stylized, but it mm. also has a plot. Any plot that sort of goes around and comes back to where it was, mm-hmm. uh-huh. like a Seinfeld episode. Yes. I'm not a fan of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's like everything ends up paying off in a different way, and they end up. In, in a situation kind of like the end of the Italian job, and I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely very stylized for sure, but before that yeah. got really tired and cliched, mm-hmm. so it still feels very fresh mm-hmm. and fun and um, just super enjoyable, just a fun movie for sure. It's also very weird that I didn't like Snatch as much because Snatch no, was like either. a better camera, but like like very much the same movie in a lot of ways. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a few different characters. Um, and I don't hate the movie at all, but I think the, I didn't expect the world to turn on Guy Ritchie so quickly, but then right after snatch, he makes that swept away film. Oof, yeah. Dude, if you've seen swept away, you understand why the world turned on Guy Ritchie. Although I mean, I eventually we'll get to talk about it, but I could watch Madonna get hit in the face with an octopus all day. <laughs> It's like and a weird I love Madonna. It's a Ooh. weird kink you discovered. Yeah, I need to go to the bathroom. Yep. I didn't know that. Yeah, finding out like, oh, this this is awakened something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my my complaint about this movie is that man, the title's so clunky. It's so weird, but like mm. you have to it's also London and there's no fucking guns. It's like that it's it's central right. around these yeah. these two shotguns. <laughs> I mean, yep. yeah. they're going to boost these guns so they can do do some crimes without realizing, well, they're freaking antiques. The guns themselves <laughs> yeah. are worth so much more than yes. anything you could get by pointing them at somebody. Yeah, that's where the title comes. And I just remember, like, just the low levelness of all of it because it goes from like three car Monty just to like petty marijuana salesmanship. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it has a great drunk scene. You're right; it is it is way over stylized. It's why I compare it so much to Train Spotting. Just four mm, guys I can yeah. barely understand. Mm pub hopping and uh, committing petty crimes. But I, I, I did I did dig it. I have not revisited in a while, but now I'm getting a little curious because like, we just saw Jason Statham in the Meg. Yes. You hear about that on a bonus time. I don't think that movie served Jason Statham very well. He's a very special kind of actor. Mm, okay. I want to see him do ridiculous things. Did uh, he get to do any diving at least? Yes. He wasn't, yeah. he wasn't a competitive diver. Uh, was he? Really? That would explain yeah. the body. Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's, mm-hmm. He is also one of the most unlikely action stars. Just like a... Not huge, bald dude. Yeah, uh, who gets to star in action he's films? More but, live than. But he, he moves well, dude. Yeah. That guy moves amazing. Like in well, films. Yeah, he's aerodynamic. Got a face that looks like he's he's taking a couple punches. That yeah. helps. You know, in that crusty world of diving <laughs> competition, <laughs> punching each other out. Don't and... pretend like it's not a sexy body type. It's, it's a very body. aerodynamic. Yeah. We could shoot him through a pool like a torpedo. I wish you could see me right now, people. I'd describe it to you further. but um... Just imagine a water tower. <laughs> it's a callback? It's a callback to bonus time. Okay, um, a hollow water tower. <laughs> I, will, I will move on to TV because this is the dumbest thing I, I fucked around with this week. Okay. Uh, because last week we talked about 
yeah, the summer is slow for television, but Lifetime is debuting a shitload yeah. of original programming. It oh. introduces a show that ran two seasons and over 40 episodes called Oh Baby, starring Cynthia Stevenson. And there is not a glimmer of it on... And it made me think of something mm. that, like, you ladies ever uploaded anything to YouTube? <laughs> no. Is, is, like, yeah, and they took it all down. Yeah, well, yeah, I know Diana did. Okay. And I know what well, it was, yeah. too. Because, I mean, my love of beheading videos as well. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just getting that, like, is, is, was YouTube like a boy thing for a really long time? Because the shows I liked are well-preserved on YouTube, whereas there is there are dozens of hours of lifetime programming that I'm looking into and can't find a single piece of archivation. Is that a yeah. word? Like, yeah. nothing. No websites created, no GeoCities account, no That's true. Not a, not a single upload from these shows. And this sounded interesting because it sounds like a single woman comedy mm-hmm. mixed with Ferris Bueller. Mm-hmm. The woman turns and talks to camera about what she's thinking and like it breaks the fourth wall. And like, that sounds interesting. I got to find a cool clip of that. Fucking nothing. Yeah. Not one thing. Well, I mean, I do think that there is an overall disinterest in um, archiving and then also honoring like a lot of women's media mm-hmm. in general i mean like we yeah. talked about that with murphy brown though yeah. like i wasn't watching lifetime i didn't see this shit it's not up to me to archive lifetime right. it's up to the people who were watching it and taping it yeah well, we're busy <laughs> <laughs> we have shit to do come on ladies but get i with mean it. like there's there are is a surprising number of those uh television programs that i am so disappointed that I don't designing women. Mm-hmm. Where the fuck is designing women? It, it and also, by the way, I know, but yeah. then I can't find it anywhere else. Yeah. It's not streaming anywhere, and it's certainly one that would do great. I think with and, a reboot. Because you're also seeing evidence of like the cable channels don't have a lot of like what would you call it prestige original programming yet. But right. Lifetime was doing that very early on, and it was licensing. Things like Murphy Brown and Designing Women very early on where that would have probably kicked over to syndication and would have mm-hmm. ended up being the zeitgeist a lot longer is my theory. Because mm. I think Murphy Brown, from what I remember, was really kind of fucking cool and deserves its place in history. Oh, it's one of the best sitcoms. Mm-hmm. But it, Absolutely. its reruns went to a place where I didn't see them. Yeah. And that's, I don't know. Well, women's media that or media that is led by a primarily female cast mm-hmm is kind of just pushed off into the nether regions of cable in general. I, I think, mean, I like, Lifetime is the only women's channel that didn't shed its femininity. I, I think that the yeah. Oxygen mm-hmm. and We, like, they're no longer woman-themed because I think they that might have been too much of a blockade. Well, and that's okay. For people like me. Because they still have a lot of majority female-led cast mm-hmm. shows on it. Like, But even, like, True TV has, like, a couple on there that nobody's heard of that are great Mm -hmm. and freeform we've talked about before has a lot of that and it's just very disappointing i think to me personally and i think to a lot of people that that's just kind of been like we can't put that on a major big three or big four network Mm -hmm. it's got to be like pushed off to these special cable (laughs) channels that whose names this is a boutique show yeah exactly Mm -hmm. when in reality it's they're hilarious yeah. and the writing's women fantastic. Women are a niche. The, <laughs> yeah. Women are a niche audience to make up fifty-one percent of the, the majority of the exactly. world is a niche audience. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad. I, I'm glad you got that out of your system because we got to talk some dirty Kevin Smith stuff. Oh god. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> uh, because for some reason, on uh, August 29th, ABC decided to air Mallrats. Um, yeah, I saw that, and I was perplexed by this decision. And the only reason I had memory... One, we did a really, really fun laser time, mostly put together by Dave, 
of the greatest ever TV edits of Cursiness. Um, <laughs> I didn't know how good the casino edit was going to be. Mm. I knew about Yippie Kaye, Mr. Falcon. I knew about this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps from Big Lebowski. <laughs> uh, but, but what I view askew, the Kevin Smith's movie company, was ahead of the game and they were giggling the whole time they sold this to ABC and they put clips to make fun of it on their website, mm-hmm. which thankfully is still there. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to show you these clips that I have right now. Okay. Um, because <laughs> for just for example, well, and another thing that was funny about it is that I don't know if it's in every case with every Kevin Smith movie, but this might have been during the period where Jason Mewes, Jay of Jay and Silent Bob mm-hmm. fame, uh, may have had a hard time showing up for things such as mm-hmm. ADR recordings and yep. maybe dubbing in TV edit uh, versions of his dialogue. They have to change fucking everything in Mallrats. Like Mallrats is a hard R with a brief set of boobs and that's not in all language. It is all language that is needs to be taken out. On ABC, the Disney the Disney yeah. network. So during primetime. Like e- the family movie, basically. Even and so like this clip comes from YouTube. You can't say fat ass on ABC channel at mm. prime time. What are you thinking? Uh, so they have to change it. But they also seemingly change the actor <laughs> that plays Jay. Oh t- my god. <laughs> it turns into fatso. It turns into fatso and all these wow. tiny little things that need to be changed. I believe there's a sequence later on where uh, Jay diverts security with with a little bit of weed by introducing them to he says I took him out with a fatty boom batty blunt. Mm-hmm. Can't say mm-hmm. fatty boom batty blunt on ABC at eight o'clock. Mm. Uh, so this is what they dubbed that line into. How long did that take? All it took was a fast karate punch. These guys were lightweights. <laughs> Sure, that makes perfect sense. I can't believe how well Fast Karate Punch <laughs> snuggled its way into Fatty Boombatty yes. 1. Yes. Uh, Who the... comes up with those? <laughs> Is that someone's job? I don't, like, I, I remember re- in that episode of Laser Time, there was this rumor that Bill Murray has in his contract that he can come up with whatever he wants mm. for his TV edit. So he, okay. he intentionally uses terms like wizards and magic uh, to <laughs> substitute curse words. Cool. Um, but... It's this sequence. I love this movie. I have it all memorized. I could have told you this. I didn't need to get you the relevant clips as references. I could have done it all verbatim. I love this movie. Saw it a billion times. And I can also tell you, this scene doesn't need to be in the movie. It's very problematic for ABC Disney. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the early mm-hmm. sequence where, where Brody, Jason... Uh, what I lost his name. Lee? Jason, Jason Lee. Lee is talking to one of the London kids, Jeremy, mm-hmm. about why... Shannon Doherty broke up with him because he wanted to have sex in a very uncomfortable place. No, because it, well, he, he's speculating at this point. He doesn't gotcha. realize he's a piece of shit, filthy dude. Okay, and there's probably not. He doesn't have a lot going for him. It's been a minute since I've seen this one. No, it's this sequence. Let me ask you something. Did you ever fart in front of her? <laughs> Why do you ask? I never farted in front of Renee, not once. All right. Then last week I let one slip. Today she dumps me. <laughs> You think that that's why Renee dumped you? Come on, she's not the shallow type Brody. She was going down on me at the time. Shut up. What? What can I say? I was feeling very relaxed. When I'm relaxed, oh, I squirt. Oh, dude. If... So, so um, Sarah looks very serious. So how do you sanitize that to get on ABC? And why do you need that scene in there? Because that's yeah. not why she broke with him. What? Do you have a speculation? Does anybody want to take a guess how ABC decided to sanitize this for sub-PG television? Because I'm saying I want to take a guess because they somehow, while sanitizing it, 
made it a million times grosser. Oh, God. Yes. Yes. So this is J- that's Jason Lee talking about how he farted while getting a blowjob. <laughs> Don't hang your head in shame. It happens to all of us. Happens to me a lot. Oh, um, okay. Sometimes I pay for it specifically. Uh, but <laughs> but the TV edit the TV edit in order to make it through the censors it gets through the FCC it gets even more fucking gross. Let me ask you something. Did you ever vomit in front of her? Why do you ask? I never vomited in front of Renee, not once. All right. And then last week I got sick. Today she dumps me. You think that that's why Renee dumped you? Come on, she's not the shallow type, bro. She was fooling around with me at the time. Shut up. What? What can I say? I was feeling very relaxed. When I'm relaxed, oh, I'm sick. Oh, if- <laughs> what? That doesn't make any sense. What the fuck? So if if this is gross because you're visualizing it, in one of them, nothing happened. A guy farts. In this version. He throws up all over his girlfriend's head <laughs> because that's what he does when I'm relaxed, bro. I vomit. That I is a perfectly everywhere. normal human reaction. Every time I go on vacation, it's just barf, barf, barf. I'm so relaxed. <laughs> it's just so fucking ridiculous. And again, I wouldn't have this, but like View Askew put it up to mock the movie that it sold wow. the ABC. I mean, it owned by Miramax and therefore Disney, but you get the idea. Oh, no, it was a universal film, so it wasn't even a fucking Miramax film. They went out of their way to put this movie on ABC at night. Anyway, that's that's the thing I was most excited. They, like, they still have up on View Askew every silly clip of what they edited out and what they edited with. That's pretty amazing. And that that's, explains the low quality, because yeah. they archived it, not me. Uh, but yes, that is it for uh, TV of the week. No more games. We're going to take you out never with Never Ever oh, by All Saints. I hate this song <laughs> <laughs> so much. You don't like the Diet Spice Girls? Oh, it's the worst. No? It sounds like they're taunting me somehow. <laughs> I don't like it. Well, we will close that with that. Well, it was on it was on the, the charts this week, so deal with it. Unless I'm you dealing. can come up with something else. No, no, no. I I appreciate I appreciate it. No, it encapsulates nineteen ninety eight pretty well. It is. It is nineteen eighty eight nineteen ninety eight in a nutshell. We Definitely got, at all my eighth grade dances. But let's put a pin in this decade because we will meet you right around the band at two thousand eight. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Um, on the way to Panama, because we also went to Panama City. Yes, one person in the Laser Time group. I have a picture we took the pilgrimage to Club La Vila. <laughs> Holy shit, I never oh, actually went. I thought I thought it was closed. It's the largest nightclub in the world. It's really just like, it's like a mall for nightclubs. Yeah. If you've never heard of Panama City, it does have the um, moniker, uh, the Redneck Riviera. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why we call tramp stamps Panama City license plates. Like, <laughs> it's a very special place. I, went, I was telling her, like, um, yeah, I went to my first and almost last strip club here, and the experience was terrible. I'm like, why? And like, because uh, the dancer... It was either new or bad because she was visibly crying. Uh, oh my God. It was like, and so like, I could have been a guy who likes strip clubs because that was my first. I was like, this is awful. It's 3 p.m. and the stripper is crying. Let's get out of here and never come back.
Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of august 24th through 30th yeah we get some uh, we got some decent decent recommends honestly uh let's start with 50 years ago this week 1968 uh, uh rachel rachel directed by paul newman starring his wife joanne woodward which is actually uh it's nice this is an interesting movie about sort of a woman on her own and not a lot of Movies about women feel like they're maybe written by women. I'm not entirely sure if this one was, actually. Anyway, 75 years ago this week, we have uh, Watch on the Rhine, 1943, starring Betty Davis. It's written by Lillian Hellman, and it's, you know, kind of like this big, like, anti-Nazi story before the Nazis were much of a thing when it was on Broadway, and now it's a film. I actually found it a little boring. Um, I feel like maybe I should watch it again. And then one of my favorite directors, Douglas Sirk, that same week, came out with something that's not very Douglas Sirk at all. Hitler's madman! I'm sure there's a lot of longing and long looks at each other and lots of deep focus with lots of bright colors as people are sad about Hitler's madman, I guess. I don't know. All right, let me get to the recommends, though. Uh, 85 years ago this week, 1933, saw the release of Dinner at Eight, starring everyone that was in movies in 1933. And for a movie that's 85 years old, yeah, still funny. Like, you'll laugh. That's all I have to say about it, really. I mean, it's about uh, all these disparate characters, and they have to get together for dinner, and it's just a big ensemble comedy, and it's funny. And if that is not your kind of comedy, then 50 years later, 35 years ago, 1983, saw the release of Strange Brew, starring the McKinsey Brothers. And so that's it from this week from the Great White North. Stay classic. Take me away from the hood, like a state penitentiary. Take me away from the hood, in a casket or a Bentley. Take me away, like I overdosed on cocaine. Or take me away, like a bullet from Kurt Cobain. Suicide, I'm from a windy city, like do or die. From a block close to where Biggie was crucified. That was Brooklyn's Jesus, shot for no fucking reason. And you wonder why Kanye wears Jesus pieces? Cause that's Jesus. Coming in with My Life by The Game featuring Lil Wayne off of LAX. That is an album named after an airport. Or laxative. Um, Jesus, I'm, making, I'm king of dad jokes right now. Sorry, don't know it. Uh, but we have new releases this week, August 24th to the 30th in 2008. Welcome to the aughts. Uh, fourth by The Verve. <laughs> Hopefully they'll make a little money here, not have to fork it all over to the Rolling Stones. Um, one, of, one Kind Favor by B.B. King. B.B. King's 42nd and final album? Jeez, yep. he lived another, like, almost decade. Uh, but, yep. Wow. All Hope is Gone by Slipknot. Do You Believe Me Now by Jimmy Wayne. Motorized, motorizer by Motorhead and uh, Soul Angel and the Hadley Street Dreams by Solange Knowles. Disturbia by Rihanna is still number one. That's Disturbia by Rihanna. Not Shia LaBeouf. Mm-hmm. A uh, little bit of news uh, to bring you into 2008. This is a big one. because and, and We got the Democratic National Convention going on. Yep. Uh, and guess what? Uh, 
What, they, they, not, Obama has been nominated? A little guy, Barack Hussein Obama? I feel like we're right around that point, but usually, I mean, sometimes they name their nominees during the convention, and sometimes it'll be a little bit before the convention when they officially name a running mate. But Barack Hussein Obama names former candidate Senator Joe Biden of Delaware to be his running mate. Crazy Uncle Joe. Crazy Uncle Joe, or if you believe the the news, future presidential candidate. I love Joe Biden. Me too. Um, I, I, I yep. think I love the onions version of Joe Biden. <laughs> I, Sometimes it's hard to distinguish. Sometimes, to be honest. yeah, he curses just about yep. as much. Yeah, but I've never seen him yep. fixing up a Camaro at sixteen hundred <laughs> Pennsylvania Avenue um, on August twenty yep. ninth. Like breaking breaking out of a morgue because his buddy Worm tricked him. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, conveniently on August twenty ninth, John McCain. He brings a little woman named Sarah Palin into our lives by naming her God. his Okay. <sighs> All right, everybody stand back. So <laughs> I remember this day. I heard this news driving to work, and they said, oh, she's, you know, it's the first time a Republican has named a woman as running mate. Uh, she's a first-term governor of Alaska, and she's, you know, doesn't play nice with, with the party regulars, you know. They didn't use the M word yet, but... She's uh, she's she, she's you know willing to go against the the stream to do what's right, and I was like, huh, okay, that sounds good. Let's look into her. And within five minutes of looking into her, I was like, well, fuck, mm-hmm. she's uh, she's a crazy idiot. Now it's time for some fancy pageant walking. Yeah, that's her. That's that's Tina Fey, but that's, like that's yeah, what I ultimately her, remember. Her two biggest problems is she's so dumb she doesn't know how dumb she is. Oh yes, and that yeah. she looks like Tina Fey. <laughs> I know it's kind of a perfect that, storm of that comedy. Must have hurt her. <laughs> yeah, I really feel like that had an a, an actual like reaction, like that caused problems for her. Because man, when you look like one of the funniest women on TV and you're stupid, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, yes, a woman yeah, who is a head fucked. writer of a show all based on political parody. Right, it's kind. Of, oh, it's perfect. Oh it's no, they had to bring storm. her back. No, to, she yeah, she came to, back for yeah. that specifically. And it was like, and I remember I read about it a billion times. They're like, dude, Tina, you have to do this. Yeah. like there's no way you you can't do this. I'm working on Thirty Rock. I don't want to do this. I'm not an actress. You're gonna do this. Yeah. There's there's nobody else who's gonna do this. We may be able to <laughs> thank her to. for Obama's presidency. To be <laughs> yeah. honest, no, she, like I I love the description of. Palin like right after they lost where like the RNC was like she and her family were a pack of robber barons who basically like Mm. drained every public resource they could everywhere they went they were awful people and terrible candidates because they're Mm. trash yeah they're just (laughs) trash people Uh, I like the term slednecks oh That is very good. That is very good. I like that a lot. Yeah. Have not heard it uh, but you have to admit the the hottest vice presidential candidate since Dan Quayle it's true. Ooh. It's a pretty man. You don't like Jerry Ferraro? Come on. <laughs> I don't know who that was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that was with Mondale. She was the first woman ever nominated. But I'm Shut up. doing my best to not talk about <laughs> but, any of these okay, films. Let me say one more thing about Sarah really? Palin. What really, really bothers me as a feminist is when people give her shit because she's a woman. And I'm like, no, don't make me defend Sarah Palin. <laughs> Shouldn't make fun of her because she's a woman. Should make fun of her because she's stupid. She's yeah. A- Exactly. He's a fucking maroon. Is that the M word you were talking about? <laughs> sure. I, I didn't get it. Well, that it. <laughs> was the other problem. Once they started campaigning and she just, she won't play by her, anyone's rules. So, yeah, because she doesn't know what the rules are because she's stupid. She paid attention to but anything. But then she's a maverick. <laughs> a maverick. And poor John McCain can't control her because yeah. she's a maverick. 
Isn't it great that they've never been like in a picture together ever again? I know. That's pretty <laughs> pretty telling. Yeah. Poor John. Someone Kane. who would go to Boston to the old North Church and not know what Paula Revere did. She's so stupid. She can't name a single newspaper. She couldn't pick one. She couldn't sure. pick that was the moment so I'm like, oh, she, she is so many. So stupid. Yeah. yeah you just have to name name your hometown paper. Yeah. Though was still yeah. a bugle or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> That's all she had to. Oh, I read all of them. Really? <laughs> all, I Name read all one. papers equally. Yeah. Yeah, sure you do. They're all equally fake. I guess I prefer that to what we're dealing with now. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the failing Alaskan flambeau. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to talk about this more than any of the movies, quite frankly, uh, yep. because there's a lot of them and I don't care for any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently one of the, the one of them is interesting. Uh, Tropic Thunder still number one at the box office. That's not very common to have a comedy. We're still in, in, in a box office at this point where like they cycle out every week. Yeah, and this is a comedy yeah. there for like two and two three weeks. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but this week's new movie new release is August twenty fourth through the thirtieth. Not quite Hollywood. The wild untold story of Oz exploitation. Yeah, I thought I'd throw this in there. I believe it's still on Netflix. Uh, this is a really fun documentary about just the bizarre, sometimes really fun, usually really weird movies that come out of uh, Australia, especially in the 70s and 80s. Mm. Are we talking like the original Mad Max? Well, Mad Max is obviously the one that, that hits big. Mm-hmm. And then there's like weird ripoffs of Mad Max. And then mm. there's like weird Aussie ripoffs of like every other genre. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just odd interesting and a lot of movies that like we never got in the u.s hmm. so you okay. get to see okay. clips of and be like oh where can i f- i don't know where i can find a copy of patrick i want to see patrick <laughs> what's patrick it's about he's like this guy he's like in a coma and he just sits there with his eyes open and does he kill people with his mind or i forget what it is but <laughs> just a guy lying there in a coma with his eyes open is already like the creepiest thing i've ever seen yeah really it's like the diving bell and the butterfly but yeah geez, he's a but serial murderous. killer <laughs> <laughs> Um, but oh boy, what decade yeah. is this? My sassy girl. My sassy girl. My sassy girl. These, these next two, my sassy girl and Virgin Territory, <laughs> both should be in 1998. Oh, and somehow yeah. they're in 2008. <laughs> Yikes! Chris Sarandon, uh, Jesse Bradford, and Elisha Cuthbert in My Sassy Girl. She's beautiful. Very hot. Good call, Charlie. Talented. I believe that there are people from the future here with us as we speak. And totally crazy. Freaking nut. On the reasons to stop seeing her side, we have ongoing physical danger. She seems to enjoy my pain. (sighs) Career sabotage. To the Tiller King Company. All right. (laughs) Okay. This was making me think, uh, having been on a date recently, like, uh, you know, like, things are going great. And like, hey, have you ever heard about the um, museum hidden in the Grand Canyon? Like... My job is to listen. <laughs> Keep talking. <laughs> Keep talking. Is she? She says this lady's nuts. So, but it looks like, it looks like she's like eight hundred different incongruous flavor of nuts. Well, it, mm. I guess is this like the manic pixie dream girl gone bad? Finally, I think a girl story? that's hot enough to date like, him, yeah. but she has all these other warning signs that yeah. she's better than him at fencing. I'm sorry, that's what the trailer let me believe. <laughs> sure. um, but she believes in conspiracy theories. Uh, but what, what's Elisha Cuthbert most famous for at this point? Uh, she 24. was great in 24. Happy Endings. Happy Endings. But before that, she had a breakthrough thing. And I forget what it was. was it, I it was 24. I, old yeah, school? No. I always confuse her with 
the other lady who was in Swim Fan. Okay. Oh. You know who I'm right. talking about? Mm-mm. Erica Christensen. Ah. No. Thank you. I, yeah. Not related ACs. to Hayden Christensen? Mm. A virgin Unclear. territory, a.k.a. medieval pie? Is that a real a.k.a., Diana? That is a real a.k.a. Okay, so oh. virgin territory, which really looks like it belongs in 1998, uh, is an adaptation of some of the stories from Boccaccio's Decameron, which ah. is okay. I mean, that means that they're like m- middle ages, but like ribald sex comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. But... Um, they also seem to have kind of an American pie bent to it, and so it was literally released in some foreign markets as medieval pie. Oh, no. Oh, I don't no. want to exist. And you know a medieval pie, that's just full of, like, sparrows oh, or something. Yeah, or meat. Yeah. <laughs> Lampreys. <laughs> Lampreys. Yes. Well, let's hear a bit of that trailer. I am afraid. Oh, it's awful. How many potential husbands do you have right now? Three. And which one do you want? Lorenzo. Does it have you? Yes. He just doesn't know it yet. It's not easy being impressed. The competition. I am here to make you my wife. You are one of the most handsome men I've ever met. Yes, I know. Your father. You should marry me. You. The girl every boy wanted to kiss. You are always out of reach. I want him dead. Is he hurt? I don't know. Do you think we should take off his clothes to see if he's broken any bones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This bed is on fire, yo. <laughs> uh, this looks so fucking it weird. It looks bad. It went direct to DVD in the US. I'm surprised they even bothered with Mid-evil that. Medieval pie? It looks so bad. Yes, I feel like it could have been good. I mean, Yes, it could be. Right? I think it could be. Like, like the, the little hours is sort of the same yeah, thing. Like yeah. getting some of uh, the Decameron uh, with, you know, like oh, uh, undersexed nuns and stuff. And that's actually pretty funny. This and, looks bad. I mean, I do love Tim Roth, and I also do love the guy from The Americans, who was the handsome guy in this. No love for Anakin Skywalker? Uh, not so much. <laughs> no, that guy was in a couple good movies, know, and he's been chased away I from know. acting ever again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can only think of Shattered Glass, but like, I, it, it's odd to see him in anything that's not Star Wars My in Life is a House. My Life is... he in that? I'm pretty sure. I know Mary Steenburgen's mm-hmm. butt is in it, that's all I can remember. Yeah. I think because she was getting out of bed with him. Okay. Uh, that, that checks out. Uh, another movie I've never heard of, Traitor, with John Cheadle, Guy Pierce, Jeff Daniels. Diana, this is your shot to tell me this movie is about absolutely anything, and I would believe you. I can tell you, because I watched it. You did? Uh-huh. You what? watched it? I did. This yeah. is kind of, okay, so this is, Don Cheadle is um, a guy who's born in Sudan, in Sudan, and he is in the Middle East and kind of gets mixed up with some arms dealers. He's kind of an arms dealer, but is he really an arms dealer? Mm-hmm. Maybe he's under deep cover with the United States as an explosive expert. That would explain Jeff Daniels being there. Man doesn't do accents. Yes, precisely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it is a serviceable international thriller. Hmm. Uh, it's kind of like right up my, like, this is the kind of movie Sam and I love where mm-hmm. it's just like, it's a thriller. Mm-hmm. Through and through, and it's international, and uh, there's... I smell international espionage. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I kind of like this kind of mm-hmm. thing. It exists. When deception is your greatest weapon. There's been a bombing in Spain. We should be concentrating on the one subject that we have. Every move is life or death. What are you from? All over. That's an encrypted phone. Nobody can listen in. Including the FBI? Especially the FBI. Oh! <laughs> yeah, I mean, Guy Pierce is doing a very much poor man's Brad Pitt in this. Mm. <laughs> um, but Don Cheadle's definitely the best thing about this movie. It's definitely it has like a lot of like 
the CIA and the FBI and, you know, everyone's involved and nobody's talking to each other. And who do you trust? And There's a few know, it's fun. movies where Don Cheadle's a fucking badass mm-hmm. and I haven't seen it in fucking years. Yeah, I Dumb know. Dumb Blue yeah. Dress, he's... Yeah, I love it. Mouse. Is that who he plays? What a great name for a terrifying person. Well, in um, the Marvel movies, he's a badass. Yeah, I suppose, but he's, he's he plays he Rhodey a little weird. Yeah, um, he's a supporting badass. A supporting yeah, he doesn't badass. get a lot of he doesn't get a lot of main title kind of guys. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't get to be the main character very often. Yeah. I don't oh, think that's fair. Well, I th- I mean, he has been kind of tied up with House of Lies, the Showtime show, and he really oh, does play true. a great bad. Like, oh. I really enjoyed House of Lies. It's mm-hmm. very, you know... Showtime? Showtime, yes. <laughs> and it's But it's very sexy, and he is... Whew, he's great in it. Like, very much a badass. Very cool. I don't know why I see him keep yeah. popping up as Captain Planet in my Amazon Prime list. I think they need better <laughs> exclusives than Funny or Die short videos. Uh, also out this week, another movie I've never heard of. Oh, this looks terrible. College? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. So is this about two professors sleeping with one another or sex comedy? No, what what, we... take, take a guess. Yeah, so <laughs> everyone, take a stab at what this might be about. College. Hmm. Called College. Every year, millions of young Americans take a trip that will change their lives forever. This is definitely better than the brochure. The college visit. We're in town for the weekend, and we were just kind of wondering if you guys could show us around. What college are you visiting from? We're actually uh, still in high school. All righty then. I'll see you guys later. This summer. Is this the Beta Phi House? We're supposed to be staying here this weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We call this room the dungeon. Watch this step. All right, enough of this shit. Hey, not... hey, remember when we talked about PCU that had the exact same setup? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. I tell you what, between this movie, College, mm-hmm. Traitor, and Betrayed, it was really hard searching for information about these movies. <laughs> uh, definitely haven't it, put in dates in the word movie it, just to find it. I mean, because, yeah, I try to research all the movies, see if I've seen mm-hmm. them, see if I want to see them before we talk about them, mm-hmm. if I haven't. And... Sam and I legitimately had like a 30 minute like searching discussion about Betrayed because mm-hmm. there's The Betrayed that also Ugh. came out in the same time period. Yeah, it was a real thing. The yeah, mo- it's funny. I had the problem with the next movie in that I put in Disaster <laughs> Movie and it said, you want to see clips from San Andreas? You wanted to see clips from San Andreas, right? I'm like, you probably no, actually. No, no, trust me. You want to see clips from San Andreas? Oh, yeah, yeah I was going to say, you probably actually did in comparison to this. Over- I did. Overseas, that might have been what this movie was called. I, I can totally see mm. it. Because they were talking about another movie movie. Are we almost done with these? Uh, disaster movie. <laughs> I don't know that we ever will be. Whew. Sorry, Matt Lanter. Vanessa Manillo, Carmen, Carmen Electra's your second build. Um, and Kim Kardashian. Oh, good. Disaster movie. What is this enchanting place? Now. Hannah Montana's dead! This is a real jam! Your favorite movies. Scoop douche. Amy Winehouse? Yeah, a little bit of that, little. What? Are all going down. Disaster movie. You can control the bullet to go wherever you want. Junie, why don't you have. That, that's them shooting Juno. Like, well, there are too many teen references. None of those were disaster movies. It that started they with an enchanted no. parody. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. No, but I, I appreciate them not pretending that this is a movie anymore and just saying, look, this is going to be a series of sketches about things that probably just came out and we're making fun of what we saw in the trailers and we're not sure what was popular. I... So. 
maybe 10,000 BC was popular. We'll make fun of it. I guess. Uh, maybe it's just uh, me loving it. Kung Fu an- Panda will probably be popular. We'll throw that in. They had to make a real Kung Fu Panda because they couldn't afford the CG to yeah. make an animated parody. So there's a real Kung Fu Panda standing in front of this character. And it <laughs> looks terrifying. It looks awful. And like it seems like this format, and I'm saying this is probably an Angie Tribe- Tribeca fan, this format would have been much better served on television. If you wanted to yeah. be this topical mm-hmm. and low rent, mm-hmm. go to TV. Yeah. Like, I, I had to have made its money in theaters because they kept making these things. We're not done with them yet, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, because they're so damn cheap. Yeah. You yeah, can there's... make them for a couple mil and, you know, make it back on your first weekend because teenagers are dumb. And <laughs> yeah. There you go. They need, a, they need a place to go and make out before they get their own place. I've been to Halloween parties that had better costumes <laughs> than the costumes <laughs> in this one. That fucking Iron oh Man thing. Like, Jesus that Christ, Iron dude. Iron Man thing. Like, they see, bought that from Party City. I can see your Hanes all the way through that yeah. costume. God damn it. This is a record for movies I've never heard of. Because I, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't do a lot of research in the movies because I've seen so many things. I've never seen Fly Me to the Moon. Well, once you look at the trailer, you'll know why. Of a nation to land on the moon would take fearless explorers, oh. noble heroes, and the ultimate flyboys. Did anybody see that? See what, sir? A fly. Three to be exact. Ooh, all right. Nat is the leader, IQ has the brains, and Scooter has the guts. Whoa, what oh the fuck is this? Oh my god, is this... this is some Polar Express level Uncanny Valley. Is this some uh, Christian horse shit? What's going frightening on? Frightening stuff. This is I, th- this went to theaters kind of blows my mind. I actually do remember seeing like promos for this now that mm-hmm. I do not. I see what it is. I, I remember Buzz I remember seeing Buzz Aldrin on Colbert pushing this movie. What? Poor man. Oh no. Yeah. A Belgian-American 3D science fiction space comedy film. Holy shit. Yes, they are flies who stow away on, what, a 1957? An old NASA flight. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to read the whole description Apollo here. Apollo 11. Apollo yes, 11. went to the moon. Oh. Yep. Is anyone in that? Tim Curry. <laughs> and Kelly Ripa. There's some voices, yeah. Nicolette Sheridan. And Christopher Lloyd. Ooh, boy. But this looks... This looks sub Toy Story. How did this make it to theaters? It looks oh, like... not even oh, close to Toy Story. I thought, sub, sub. I thought you were showing us a news story of NASA from Taiwan. That's the quality of CG <laughs> yes, animation we're, yes. looking, we're looking at here. Holy shit, Fly Me to the Moon. Dude, we have a comment section. If anybody has any love for Fly Me to the Moon, I would love to hear. That's no, actually pretty great. Yeah. It's actually pretty amazing. Doesn't mean I'll watch it. If you can look past uh, this rudimentary CG, pretty great. But in a weird world... August is always a pretty weird month for movies because mm-hmm. you're if you were if you were a better summer movie you would have been released earlier. Mm-hmm. But here's where you go once you think people are exhausted with all the good stuff. Yeah, have to yeah. go see your movie. The kids are going back to school, and I I only assume that's what the, the counter program that was happening for a movie starring Gerard Depardieu, Charlotte Rampling, Mark Strong, Lambert Wilson, Melanie Thierry, Michelle Yeoh, and Vin Diesel in a movie I forgot existed, Babylon A.D. Using the Requiem music, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I need a smuggler. What's her package? A girl. She needs to be in America in six days. Cross me, and you'll have no place to hide anymore. Are you a killer, Mr. Turok? Yes. Now please get into the car. Okay. I've never seen anything quite like the phenomenon of Vin Diesel. Yeah. That guy mm. is in the star of 
I think, four of the highest grossing movies ever made. And the public has made it clear repeatedly, we don't want to see you in anything else. I don't know of another mo- a movie star that has that problem. <laughs> <laughs> he oversees, as an executive producer, one of the biggest franchises we have, that mm-hmm. being the Fast and the Furious franchise. He got lucky. I love Vin Diesel. I like him a lot. And, and, but like the public has said no to everything else he's ever tried. Is he just bad at picking them? He's not the best actor, but he's just he's well, great in that role. There are a lot of people who are not the totally. best actor who have gotten better. He's great in better situations. How, how like is he kind of does one character? Yes. So you would think people would like that. You just plug him into these different scenarios, and this I also forgot this existed. And first I was like, wait. That animated movie was oh that's Titan A. That's what I, Wait, I that's what I was thinking. The, if, if you were to put TV Babylon, show? nope, that's Babylon Five. Yeah, so that doesn't help the the title and it looks very French because it's directed by Matthew Kasselvitz. It, it, well, it has Gerard like, Depardieu in it too. And it's so. got Gerard Depardieu and that's required by law. Yes. When I watched it, I was like, is that Gerard Depardieu or is it someone doing a bad impression of Gerard Depardieu? <laughs> <laughs> He's in a rough state these days. I don't know. I don't hate this movie. It is what it is. It's a movie. So it's it's like a, what, tech noir, scary future gross place? Okay. Yeah, I would say that, definitely. Actually, I've only seen, I've seen most of the parts of it. I have not seen it all in one go because this is the type of movie that when I am traveling or work or whatever and I'm in a hotel room, it's on a channel, usually <laughs> FX, I feel like. And so it's a movie I'm like, this is cool. Like, I'll just put th- this on while I'm, you know, looking at my phone or whatever. But I don't hate it. I really don't. I don't think it's a bad movie. I just think it's like a Vin Diesel movie. <laughs> it mm-hmm. has its own thing. Yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Babylon AD, everybody. Go to bat for it. We have a comment section. <laughs> uh, I will never watch this film, as, as I will never watch anything that was on TV this week. Um, okay. Maybe Generation Kill. I, I, we, my roommate and I were TiVoing it mm-hmm. at the time to use an antiquated 08 term, but it uh, concluded its eight episode run on August 24th. Uh, on August 28th, ESPNU launches at HD. Come on, baby. Hey. It is weird when we go looking up clips for a bunch of these things. Like even the trailers are in low resolution and full screen because mm-hmm. widescreen was not. It's the standard now. Mm-hmm. It's slowly becoming the standard. I do like pointing that out when channels go HD. Um, and Queen Bee, the show about the rich young ladies that I called the B word and you guys winced at and I won't do oh, again. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Didn't last very long. It's already done. And um, yes, other than that, we only have a couple games out this week. Uh, but I wish I could speak about all of them because they're all very weird. Uh, N Plus, it's portable platforms. It's a really great, what do you call it? It's not necessarily retro, but just like a... a the, one of the most minimalist games I've ever seen. There's a little stick figure and dots, and it's incredibly compelling, and there's a thousand things you can do in that universe. A game called Africa with a K for PS3. It was for a while, people were waiting for it to be this big PS3 exclusive because they launched pictures of them. Like, this looks really cool. What is it? And it turns out it's kind of a photographing sim. It's not something you run around in killing zebras and, uh, and, uh, and, and elephants. Huh. And that's why it's so pretty because you can't really interact with much. Uh, Digimon World Championship for T- uh, Nintendo DS. I was almost 30, so you can't expect me to care about that. Um, <laughs> Tiger Woods PGA Tour 09. Just pointing this out to remind you that Tiger Woods was, I think, be- be- so one of the only 
character, one of the only characters because of marital infidelity, he was removed from the series. He would have been the Madden to EA's golf series yeah. if not for mm-hmm. his marital indiscretions. Um, and speaking of EA, Sims 2, Apartment Life. We are officially out of control with Sims 2 spinoffs. <laughs> I don't... Like, why would you launch something to make The Sims less interesting? It seems so. It's like a sad version of. <laughs> yes. Mm. How would you like to be in a house you can't renovate, yeah. don't own, and is much smaller? It's, it's like your options, baby. It's like on The Office when Dwight they did like a they had a Sims like sort. Of, I think they did Half Life or no? What is it? I don't know. Not Half Life. Sims. Oh, oh, Second Life. Second Life, <laughs> yes. And like Dwight made himself like the manager instead of the assistant manager. <laughs> it's like so sad. <laughs> it launched alongside for the Nintendo DS Sims 2 Apartment Pets. Oh, which God. I, I, I don't really Even know. sadder. Yeah, other than horses, most pets can you can have in apartments too. Yeah. No, I like to think that it's like, no, you have to have a certain size apartment. No, in this one, you have to put another $50 down deposit if you get a cat. <laughs> if the manager finds out you have a turtle, they're going to say you're breaking the lease. Yep. Definitely yep. no dogs. Yeah. Can't hang anything on the walls. Everything has to be taped up. And uh, a, a game I meant to get more fun stuff around, I've always wanted to see a game called Captain Rainbow, one of the oddest video games Nintendo ever self-published, but only in Japan. It's about a kid whose alter ego was this rainbow character captain rainbow but it features birdo the uh pink formerly transgendered nintendo character in the game it it features official Mm -hmm. nintendo characters in the game Hmm. it sold like copies in the five figures in japan it wasn't even popular there it never made it here it's incredibly weird in japanese and at the time we were all transfixed on this we got to see what this is like and i think we tried to import it or get a copy from Nintendo. It didn't exactly work out. But it wasn't received well in Japan. But please, sing the praises of Captain Rainbow. We'll need your help. We love your comments. So leave them at 302010.net or lasertimepodcast.com or the Lasertime Facebook group. A bunch of you have been really great about that, Mm -hmm. uh, leaving feedback over there in the 302010 Twitter, which we'll tell you in a moment. But you got to stay tuned for the births and deaths, people. Um, But anyway, 302010, along with a bunch of other shows, are brought to you by Patreon.com slash LazerTime. We are 99% listener supported. Thanks to you guys, we've been going on. This show's been going on almost two years, uh, and we've been able to keep ourselves in equipment, get our rents paid. We do appreciate that so much. Uh, And we have a bunch of other stuff we'd like to launch for you if you'd like to give uh, the low cost of five bucks a month uh, to help support us. It really does go a long way, and we have a bunch of other fun shows, including limited series for upcoming Halloween stuff, which mm-hmm. I can't wait to talk about. Uh, Ooh, D&D spooky. games, uh, brand new shows, quiz shows where you can win actual money, and you'll get access to it in a weekly exclusive show uh, that we sort of plugged a couple times here, bonus time. We just saw Black Klansman, so we'll probably be talking about that a little mm-hmm. more there. Yep. And like the Ooh. next day, I saw an actual Klansman. Stop. Uh, I'm not fucking kidding. Oh, my God. It, I'm not kidding. I went deep into the South this weekend. Uh, Was so, he black? No, unfortunately. That would have been like, no. oh, I'll risk getting my phone out for this. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's over there as well. So over 100 movie commentaries. And what's the most recent one we did? Deep Blue Deep Sea? Blue sea. Deep Blue Sea and Blade if you so wanted to fun. watch it with your pals. Um, but hit us up over there. We really do appreciate it. It helps out a lot. Uh, and I forgot to get an executive producer credit I this episode. I remind you. Uh, executive produced by Naruto420. I'm going to assume that's somebody's username there. Um, but, <laughs> uh, that's it for me. What, Mr. and Mrs. 420 thought long and hard about what to name their small <laughs> child. It's true. You can't, you'll never, it's a family name. You can't even see it when it's spelled out that way. Um, but... <laughs> 
But yeah, also listen to Laser Time, the weekly topic-based show. If you like uh, the flavor of this show, Sarah's on it a lot. Diana's mm-hmm. been on a ton of times. We just talked about Gremlins ripoffs, and I think we're going to be going over the trauma of middle school. Yes. Uh, and our patrons were able Ooh. to chime in. It's... I love that that's universal. Like, yeah. no, there's no question anymore Ooh. that everybody knows middle oh, school is God. rough. Yep. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. And we'll it, be gentle. Um, yes, but we do appreciate that. And Video Game Apocalypse, the, sh- the video game show, where you'll hear a lot more about video games than on this show, hosted by uh, Mr. Diana Goodman, Michael Raparez. Anyway, die. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at LizCineNerd or at 302010 podcast, uh, where I've been teasing what's coming up as we start wrapping up the summer of george yeah we're not gonna there's not gonna be much you know dark night or wally really coming up but yeah then once we once we get into uh october or so and we start getting the prestige movies there mm-hmm. it's gonna get it's gonna get hairy man there's a lot to talk about it's gonna be good it's gonna be fun and should we talk births and deaths births and deaths yes. baby oh, all right i can only find one death and uh it's a, it's a minor one but uh 1998 we lost uh character actor eg marshall he was 84 he was in 12 Angry Men. He was the president in the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. He's a, oh, it's that guy kind of guy. Yeah, if you're over 50. Yeah. <laughs> and, <he'd recognize laughs> and now for the birthday, birthday! quiz. Well, back in the game, baby. Mm. Come on, birthdays. All right. <clears throat> Broke my streak last week. Born August 25th, 1980. Oh, oh Jesus. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Celebrating his 100th birthday, except he's not because he died in 1990. He is one of America's greatest conductors and composers. He wrote three symphonies, Jeremiah, The Age of Anxiety, and Kaddish. Itzhak Perlman? No. Hmm. He's not a composer. That's what oh, I no, was going to guess. Right. Sorry. Good guess, though. That was a good guess, though. <laughs> okay. uh, James uh, Philip Sousa? <laughs> no. no? Uh, he was a left-wing activist, and uh, I found out he was publicly closeted, but his wife and friends knew he was gay, Aww. and he was buried with a copy of Mahler's Fifth Symphony. Bill oh, Mahler wrote symphonies? No. Um, and that's it. That's, those are all our clues that you have to work with. You're gonna no, have to start no, revealing okay. letters. I feel like I'm in jeopardy. No, those are the fun tidbits. <laughs> okay. Uh, he wrote the operetta Candide, film score for On the Waterfront, musicals On the Town, and West Side Story. Oh, oh shit. Um, not Rita Moreno. Son of a bitch. Uh, uh, all right, speed round. Bubs He's the Bobcat. one lyric everyone knows in REMs. It's the world end of the world. Leonard Bernstein. Leonard Bernstein. There you go. Leonard Bernstein. Your streak is over, man. <sighs> over. Uh, but yes, check us out. You didn't Leonard. say it properly. Leonard though, Bernstein. You had to say it. <laughs> Leonard Bernstein. <laughs> uh, but you can check out more of these episodes on lasertimepodcast.com or 302010.net. We're going to close out with Mambo from West Side Story. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. It's fucking amazing. That's why. Yeah, well, I I just watched the movie for the first time recently. Die, you'd be proud of me. Oh, um, so good. Oh, that's good. But, uh, yeah, the movies. It's I mean, it's, it's varies based on the acting, but sure. the music is incredible, oh, yeah. and I really want to see what Steven Spielberg is doing with it. Yeah, but the, the it, it just looks amazing still. Like I don't know if it was shot on a be- on better film, but it was restored very well. Mm. Um, oh yeah, no, it looks great. It sounds great. The dancing is great. Most of the acting is good. Yeah, and I love Rita Moreno. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we will be back next week, people, for another round of 302010.